This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Go. Hey, welcome to an all-new episode of Talking American Gods. I am your host, Jen, broadcasting from the beautiful sunny island of Maui today, and I am joined by two awesome co-hosts. One, we have Yardley. Yardley, how's everything? Everything's going good. It's Avengers Endgame weekend, and I'm excited to talk about uh, Donar the Great. Ooh, yeah. Oh, Avengers. Oh, boy. that Boy, talk about American gods. I, I feel like the entire Marvel world is basically a brand new mythology pantheon. In another hundred years, they'll be thinking we were worshiping Thor uh, <clears throat> from the movies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, actually, you know, this, this weekend not only holds Avengers Endgame, but also the highly anticipated episode three of Game of Thrones, uh, the battle for Winterfell. So that's going to be, it's going to be a pretty good weekend for TV and movies. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's actually, boy, yeah. Yardley, you should definitely come and podcast with us sometime about Game of Thrones. It's actually pretty interesting. Okay, so my second co-host, or my, uh, uh, what's a better word for co-host? My other partner in crime is Kinte. Kinte, how's everything? Everything is great. Uh, looking forward to, uh, of course, episode three of Game of Thrones. That's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think something's going to happen this episode. I, I have my fingers crossed. And uh, also, uh, Endgame, too. Isn't that interesting how they both fall on the same weekend? Uh, it's awesome. I'm going tomorrow, but I have, 6 o'clock. I have a question. I'm going to ask this to Yardley. Uh, of, um, I know this isn't the uh, Avengers Endgame podcast, but just, you know, uh, do you think the Avengers slash Marvel movies make for great uh, date movies. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't see why not. If the other person isn't really opposed to that type of content, I don't see how it wouldn't be. <laughs> Look, at, at this point in the game, lots of times if you just go out on any type of date, people appreciate it. So, <laughs> so. And plus, you know, and especially like if you're uh, if you're the one dropping the bag, it's almost like it's a freebie. So if you didn't like it, then right, you know you you're right before you started. I agree. You, and, you and and let's not forget. Let's lest it be overshadowed here. Sunday is also the finale for American Gods. This is it for this season. So while we know oh. that they're coming back for another season, this season will end with whatever it ends with on Sunday. Yeah, it'll be good to kind of do an overview of everything that we saw because we know that going into season three, they're going to have a different showrunner. Yeah, and it it brings to light something uh, a bit interesting that I know we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast uh, when season two first began, which was how fast are they keeping pace with the book and could they 
tell the whole rest of the story in eight episodes? And I think the answer was a resounding, well, they could have. <laughs> and yet they didn't. They chose to go off in a couple of different directions. And two of those directions, I think, uh, tonight are things that we should talk about because they really are very different from sort of the book universe of American gods. And yet, in some ways, they worked fairly well. So I do want to start. Uh, well, okay, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Everybody, if you haven't watched this last episode of American Gods, uh, you please either turn away or don't complain. Mad Sweeney, of course, dies. Um, and I, I want to start out with that because I want to put into context what happened this episode with what happened last episode, which was uh, Donar the Great. Um, Donar the Great was the son of Odin. Uh, for all intents and purposes, he was, I feel like, just such a lost kind of a soul in the in America, far less than the Thor of strength and power that we know, but strong in different ways. So uh, with that, we then we have a whole episode that's sort of uh, a past and a present flashback, flash forward, just some interesting narrative pieces that go along with that. But the interesting thing to me about the way that they did these back-to-back -back episodes was we have a lot of context now for Mr. Wednesday and how Mr. Wednesday is truly just a miserable person. Uh, I mean, as a god, he's, wow, he's just awful. I mean, he's not getting Parent of the Year award. He's an awful person when it comes to how he treats quite a few people, but specifically Mad Sweeney. And we've kind of seen that as the series has progressed. And I want to take a pause and say that neither Donar the Great in the detail that we have in the book, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, in the series, or Mad Sweeney was really included in the book to any great length. Uh, Mad Sweeney had a couple of small scenes in the book. Um, he basically died after begging Shadow for the coin back. And, you know, Shadow obviously said, no, I don't have it anymore. It wasn't, it was nothing. It was really nothing. In this episode, we have something fairly epic happening with Mad Sweeney. But again, I just want to sort of say that if you didn't like Donar the Great, go back and really watch it again because it's interesting the way that it frames stay as a character instead of just look. Uh oh. Uh, we lost you, Jen. Instead of looking at it like it's just a little bit more of um, of the uh, American Gods piece that just talks about backstory and for no reason, and there actually I think is a really good reason. So I'm going to start with can you. I, can, uh, I, can I say Yardley. something real, wait, real quick? Real yeah. Quick. Um, so I was spoiled to what was going to happen to Mad Sweeney. And this is how I was spoiled. Now, I didn't get that far in the book. But um, so I'm setting up the, the rest of the episodes, right? Like putting in the um, information, right? So I'm putting on uh, Facebook events uh, that we're going to be covering, you know, uh, the, the finale. So I read the synopsis of the finale. Now, this was like three weeks ago. The synopsis of the finale says, 
in the aftermath of Matt, of Sweeney's death, Wednesday has disappeared. <laughs> I'm like, wow, <laughs> like thanks, uh, spoiling your own show. <laughs> Like, oh, that's sad. Yeah, so I actually knew he was gonna die like about a week, three weeks ago, because it says it in the in the the freaking um thing. What do you call it? The synopsis. So the, the episode guides. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So sorry about that. I just wanted to throw that in there. Well, um, we'll make you a, a a chocolate chip cookie and give you some ice cream for that because that <laughs> is really sad, actually. Yeah. No, honestly, I I hate that too. That's really bad. Um, so so okay. So actually, you know what? I'm going to start with you first, Kente. Sorry, Yardley. I, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Mm-hmm. So tell me, first of all, <clears throat> I know Don't Know the Great was not an awesome episode, but let me ask you: in this episode, in Treasure of the Sun. Did your opinions of Mr. Wednesday change at all? Or did you still feel like he is basically the same character on the same track? We just have a little bit more color to him. Yeah, he's the same. I mean, nothing has changed the way I I view him. I mean, mean, who's surprised by anything with Mr. Wednesday? I I have to say, well, let me get Yardley's opinion first. Yardley, Uh what did you think? Yeah, I feel the same way. I... I feel like he's been the same character. I just think that we're just learning a little bit more about him. I, I've just never felt like I, I feel like he's the type of person that that lies telling the truth. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't really, I don't really feel like there's any difference, honestly. So I'm more interested, probably, to hear your take. Think about it. His name is a lie. <laughs> so his very name is a lie. I'm 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 a little uh, I'm a little concerned uh, it, it, just from a narrative perspective that what they have now done is sort of set up Mr. Wednesday to seem like he has so much more than what I think he really has, which doesn't mean that he's not. I guess what I'm saying is, in comparison to Mr. World, Mr. Wednesday feels like he doesn't have as much power like in some ways it almost feels like well he needs all the rest of the gods because mr world is so powerful that how could mr wednesday even stand a chance and yet at the same time i also think that mr wednesday in the series right now is making or has made an incalculable mistake by under appreciating the people around him and the death of Mad Sweeney to me feels like that very episodic moment in his character arc where Shadow sees that nobody matters to Mr. Wednesday. The war matters, nothing else. Yeah, I can agree with that. I definitely can agree with that, especially, um, you know, at the end of the episode, because I think uh, the sequence went, they were fighting over the spear. He, I think Shadow went to one knee to like grab it or something. And then it ends up impaling uh, Mad Sweeney. But when you look at Shadow after that happens, um, I think 
the directors were purposefully kind of going from the expression on his face back to Mr. Wednesday. So I do think that he did open himself up to potentially make Shadow a little bit more apprehensive about backing him. But the way Shadow has been written for the show, you know, he's going to, you know, kind of dodo his way around behind Wednesday regardless. I will say the death of Mad Sweeney does make a lot of people or force other people to kind of rework their theories about what's going on, especially with Laura Moon. Yeah, yeah. Which which is also, I, f- I feel like, one of the most interesting aspects of the Mad Sweeney uh, piece. There is a, and I thought it too, I, in fact, I absolutely believed that the two drops of blood infused with love was all about mad sweetie oh really yeah and now i feel like i was thinking something yeah no i was thinking that at the end of the day when we met laura moon she didn't know who she was and she did love herself i think she's going to end up the blood is going to be hers (laughs) that she drops in that cup because I think once she finds out who she is and finds out that she loves herself and that she has some worth. And as, um, as the, uh, the God, the the one, uh, from new Orleans, um, Oh gosh. Uh, what was his name? The one that, um, she had sex with, uh, that led to the, Oh, the, the, Bushmaster. Yeah, Bushmaster. (laughs) Bushmaster. Bushmaster down in, um, um, down in New Orleans. I just kind of feel like she, once she finds herself worth, I think it'll be her that'll have the blood that will help her, you know, with the potion, but I'll probably be horribly wrong. So, so let me throw this out here to both of you guys then. Do you think that Laura Moon is a god at this point? Do you think that that's, that's where she's going? Negative. Yeah, I don't, no? I, okay. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she is at all. But it's almost, but it's kind of hard with where we ended up going into the last episode of this season with where her character's at. I don't know what they're going to do with her next week, of course, but um, it's just, I, I don't know. Cause it's such a curveball. Cause now you're really like, what is she going to do? Cause based off of the plot that they have laid out for her so far, you know, on one hand you're like, well, is she going to get the drops of blood from shadow? But we know that shadow that isn't really feeling her like that anymore. I don't, I personally don't think that he loves her based off of what we've seen in the show up to this Mm. point. So I don't, and then like you, Jen, I could totally have saw the situation where it would be mad Sweeney because it totally seemed like that was the direction. I mean, I know I'm not crazy and y'all aren't crazy. And I don't think anybody who's watching the show is crazy enough to not have thought that that's where they were leading to. You know what I mean? So I, I don't, I don't, I'm just confused now. Like, I really feel like going into season three, I shouldn't have any expectations of how I feel about, you know, what direction it's going to go. Because it could totally be something different next season. Well, you know, uh, just 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 as a point of uh, sort of production notes, and I have to interject this. I'm sorry, I didn't say his name, but it, he's the Baron. Remember the voodoo doctors, the Baron. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Samidi, Samidi. Uh, okay, so uh, anyway, just because oftentimes I hear people say, especially my little circle, hey, how come you never say any characters' names? Don't you know them? I do, honestly, I promise. Um, uh, okay, so uh, the, going, in, this is just from a production standpoint, right? The, I feel like this season was, and the reason that it was uh, 
not disorganized, but organized differently than season one. And in terms of how to narratively bridge everything all together is because of the sort of chaos behind the scenes with uh, transitioning showrunners and transitioning writers and uh, and how to sort of tell the story in a way that did that honored the actual story itself, but didn't throw everything into uh, a chaotic element without getting some story told. That said, I will say that after a hiatus this long, I expected more. I, I love the show. I do. But I expected a lot more for where we are than where we are. And each individual story as seen by itself episodically is wonderful, powerful, amazing, beautifully written in some cases. But put all together, the tapestry of American Gods in season two <clears throat> falls so far short of the tapestry in season one that it doesn't even feel like we are connected to the same cloth. And it's a little disappointing. <laughs> yeah. You know? It is. It is, Jen. It's like having a quilt made and like it's half Star Wars and half like Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't know how the hell you're you're putting this together, but which, which yeah, it does. does. I mean it, but really, real quickly, if there's any content that really needs consistency from the same people working on it, it's this show. It, it is. And I, the, what I was going to interject is that the, 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 the concept material of American Gods is not easy to tell. So everyone gets full props for attempting to bring this kind of... Uh, it's, it's a bit esoteric. The, the material feels esoteric in some ways. It's hard to tell this kind of story. It's not high fantasy. You don't have license to sort of just do whatever you want in the physical world. Things have to line up and have to make some sense. And yet at the same time, you're dealing with beings that basically can break every single rule of reality and, and uh, physics that we have. And so <clears throat> to that end, it becomes, I guess, you know, a, a bit of a proposition to get it told. But I will say that it, the first season of American Gods did such a brilliant job of making the surreal feel like part of reality. And in this series or this season, it feels like we are trying to adapt the surreal to uh, a monopoly game, something so mundane that it just doesn't quite work. There is something just missing below the surface. I, I didn't want to veer too far into that, but I really, I really feel like for where we are in our journey in the in the series, it's just I have high hopes for season three but I really am disappointed with season two. I hope that they pull back a little bit of magic that they had at the beginning and really study what went right in season one and compare it to what was, because I don't, standing by itself, season two is not bad. It's just that each individual episode almost needs to stand by itself as a little sort of vignette of something and it doesn't have the kind of cohesion that I feel like season one had where they were telling us 
tons of narrative that was disconnected from the story. And yet it felt so much more connected to the story. I, I, I hope that that makes some kind of sense. I know it's a little bit uh, back and forth, but it's, it, it's just, a, it was such a huge thing. So. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And also in the show, it just seems like they'll bring up certain things and they don't pay it off by kind of intertwining some type of a message. Like they have different social messages in this. We all know this, but it's one thing to have a message. But how does that message kind of intertwine with the regular story? And I just feel like some of the things that they bring up and, you know, they just it, there's just never a payoff and you don't really understand what that has to do with the rest of the episode you know what underscores that the most to me in in this past episode uh uh treasure of the sun where they are in the atrium and odin basically has called a meeting and all of the gods who are around the, the the table so to speak and mad sweeney hasn't been invited and none of the gods speak up say anything do anything mention it and and yet we are led to believe that somehow behind the scenes we have mr nancy bilquist uh mr ebus and jackal someplace all wanting to band together to fight for the good fight. And yet they are in the name of intolerance and, uh, you know, all of the racial stuff that we have seen so far. And don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing the two. I'm saying that, that it, it stands in stark contrast that even if the gods are fickle as heck, it doesn't make any sense to me that nobody stood up and said, this is just wrong. There's something wrong going on here. What, how, how are, what, what are we going to do? And again, it would have taken two lines of dialogue to convey that it, with some kind of conviction, and it would have been great. But instead, the gods walk away from that table feeling like they are lackluster slaves of Mr. Wednesday. It just, yeah. I, it, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, those are some great points. Yeah, I feel you on that. So, okay. So let's go back to... Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I haven't been reading a lot of the, the behind-the-scenes stuff, but I'm really interested to see, what does Neil Gaiman feel about this second season? I, I can't imagine he must love, he can't love it. Boy, you know, I haven't actually read anything about his take on season two, not in a hot minute, not since the season two base really started. So I don't know. I, I would like to think that his involvement, because we know he was involved, that his involvement was, uh, a, a, again, a bit of a bridging function between season one and what we know is going to happen in season three. Season three is going to be the war. I mean, that for all intents and purposes, I feel like we now, you know, gone through our uh, our middle of the road segment, and we no longer need to sort of figure out who these people are. All the players are in place. But it's weird to me that that Neil Gaiman, who would be involved in this season, wouldn't see the fact that this is really disconnected storytelling. Yeah. Or maybe he's just like, you know what? They're, I'm going to just take this check and be quiet. <laughs> you know, like, 
<laughs> you think that he checked out because of good omens? I, I, think, I, think, I think he's committed to that. I, I, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt it in the least. It does. It definitely feels to me like there is some some interesting things happening on the Neil Gaiman side that uh, American Gods just wasn't one of them. And and it doesn't mean that it wasn't successful. I I, I think that this was uh, that this was a very successful opportunity for a lot of people but you know who really dropped this <laughs> the people that really dropped this were was stars they're the ones that for whatever reason sorry guys you know i love all your material but in this one case it is it's so clear that this show needed both more money and the talent behind it to make this work yeah. i mean half committing to it feels like why you know man that's it, why so you, that's why you got to give credit to uh great adapters and great networks like um like uh hbo and netflix and some of these other ones not to say that uh not to say that uh stars hasn't done a great job on like you know um black sales was good and there's some other shows that they've adapted well i guess black sales wasn't really truly adapted but um, but it's really hard to take, especially that kind of material, just from reading it and adapt it and make it into something that you could, you know, cause I don't think he, when he wrote the book, this is me thinking he didn't write it as some writers nowadays will think of it possibly being a movie down the line. So, no. yeah. So you, it's pretty evident when you read it that he didn't, um, you know, it was just, he was writing a novel, right? So you know, it's not the easiest material to adapt. And then when you don't have stars really um, getting behind it financially, uh, is you know, which I don't even see why they wouldn't. I mean, there's everything there for a big hit. And they really, like, there's no, uh, there is no um, money behind it. It is very, you know, like, how many people even know it's on really you like and and here's the thing about american gods when people watch it they love it yeah like like i know a lot of people who are not like huge fans like us who do podcasts and look at the read all the stuff and you know they just kind of casually watch it and they're like they're like man this season two is great i'm like wow <laughs> you know like you know i was like i was pretty like wow, you like you're liking the season two? Oh, okay. They just I I, I was shocked how much people when they watch this show they actually really really like it. Um, not because I don't like it or not because because I, maybe I just lost faith in humanity. So when I saw like the first couple of episodes, I'm like, I thought to myself, the way how dumb the public is, they're not gonna like it. So I was surprised that people really were into it. But they don't promote it. I don't see. I like uh, what's his name. Uh, and this, <clears throat> this is just as a sidetrack, and we'll get back on the episode. Ian McShane was like on when it, the, the week before. I think he was on um, uh, like Seth Meyers or something. And they spent the whole time talking about Deadwood. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean. So uh, and then um, what's his name? Uh, Ricky Whittle. You know, you should have that guy out there. You know, like when he talks, he's very engaging, right? And he, you know, he's a good personality and all of that kind of stuff. 
And, you know, I can see people wanting to see a show that he's on. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know why they're not getting more. You know, and it's Neil Gaiman. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I don't get it why they decided not to promote it like they should. But I, it's going to be one of those shows to me that on Netflix or whatever uh, streaming platform it's going to be on after it's off, then people are going to be like, wow, that show was really good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be one of those <clears throat> I, shows I that later people are going to find. Like The Killing, for example, was a show like that. And, um, uh, you know, Breaking Bad to a certain degree, even though it did catch fire at the very end. But I think it's just going to be one of those shows. And, and um, their other show, uh, Black Sales, um, really caught on literally after the show was over. <laughs> like, like I, I know I get so many. I don't know if this is the same thing for you, Yardley, but I get so many people who just watch Black Sales, and they're like, "Dude, have you heard of this show called Black Sales?" And I'm laughing, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, like so. This might be one of those things, but the second going back to the second season, um, they do need another showrunner, um, and you know, just because I think this showrunner. You know, just ain't they don't have it. And uh, who is the third showrunner? Do you know? Ooh, um, it's somebody good, d- right? It's somebody pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, um, uh, you know, I have it in my notes and I don't have my notes right here with me. It, it is, it, it's, it, it's not somebody super well known, but it's somebody well known enough behind the scenes that there's uh, maybe some light there. <clears throat> but again, you know, sorry for I, my rant. I, I, <laughs> There we go. No, no, I, 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 I agree with you too. I really do. I, it, although I have to say, in Black Sails' defense, uh, the UK only just saw the last season, so mm-hmm. th- maybe that's why. I don't well, know. Well, and then they didn't really promote it either, too. Though they didn't promote Black Sails really. Well, you're right. And, they actually, and they might it's have, weird. And but they put a lot of money in it. That's the that was so bizarre to me. They did okay, promote okay, it, but, but then they put a lot of money into it, though. Okay, but I think that the financial backing for Black Sales is a little bit different than American Gods because Black Sales had uh, uh, Michael Bay as executive producers. Like, there were big names attached to it. So I think the finances came in attached to the big names. Neil Gaiman is a big name in writing, but other than Coraline, done by Tim Burton and a couple of others, it's a little bit harder to sort of envision Neil Gaiman as, oh, yeah, you know, look, this is Insta success, so throw your money over here. And I think that might be why there was a bit of hesitation. I, I'm, I'm, the, the main thing, though, is <clears throat> the, I, the, the buck stops with stars, right? If stars wants to make a show successful, they have the tools. Billions is everywhere, everywhere it is on every imdb page it is all kinds of everywhere i get emails in my box from stars asking me hey what do you think about this and american gods is nowhere to be found so again if stars wanted this to be successful they could propel it in that direction and they don't now again i'm i'm not a stars executive i don't know what the heck they're thinking I think the only thing that I can say for it, though, is there's so much potential to the story that to fault the 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 
instance right now about where they are on what the story could have been is sort of short-sighted because it's clearly a really well-told, excellent story that just needs a creative backing. And that takes money. It's not like you, you don't get creativity of that caliber for free. And for all the other reasons we just talked about, about why it is so difficult to uh, adapt work, about why some of Neil Gaiman's, especially his more philosophical ideas are hard to translate visually, that's why you have to pay the big boys or the big girls, I should say. Um, this is what you need. You have to have this. And, and it, it just feels so disingenuous for, uh, for anybody really at this point to look at American Gods and go, yeah, it's not really all that great in season two because uh, they just kind of dropped the ball. No, this really is uh, a star's failure in my opinion. So anyway, end of my rant, I suppose. <clears throat> Does anybody have anything else that they want to throw in there? No, I think I got it. After Jeff. Yeah, well, I'm good. All right, so uh, let's 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 sort of go back to uh, le- well, let's talk just a bit first about the the Mad Sweeney experience, right? As you know, like I said at the beginning, you know, he really didn't have much role in the book, so everything that we see pretty much about the Mad Sweeney narrative is made up, and I feel like they did a really good job and. What did you guys think about the Mad Sweeney backstory, which is so interesting because if you go back and you watch um, A Prayer for Mad Sweeney and then back to back watch Treasure of the Sun, wow, you get some pretty interesting dynamics going, which are really different. And so they're pretty compelling. So what did you guys think about the whole backstory elements? No, I, I thought that it was, I actually thought that it was pretty cool for them to, um, to dig a little bit deeper into his backstory. And it's actually, I, I saw something um, that was mentioning that the way that they laid it out was based off of something that happened in real life or something like that. Did you do any research into that? Um, it was like another folklore tale or something, but I think it was yeah. based off of, yeah, something kind of similarly uh, happening in, in real life. I thought that it was, I thought that it was pretty, I thought it was pretty cool to kind of see that he had a curse um, put on him. I felt sorry for his, uh, for his wife and kid for right. him not i mean you should have listened to your wife bro you, you know what i mean but uh you know outside of that part being kind of depressing about how they were living in squalor you know based off of uh you know certain decisions i thought that that sucked but it was kind of cool to know that he actually was a king and he really did have a horde so to speak yeah. um and i thought that some of the some of the visuals i mean i think they had about a you know, maybe a 60 second stint of a battle. And I liked how that battle was shot. I mean, I, I can really appreciate that character. Uh, we've discussed this on the show. He was one of my favorite characters on the show. Um, I thought that this episode was needed. I just wish we would have gotten it like three episodes ago. Right. Uh, what did you think? Kente? No, I agree. I mean, it was a terrific story great acting by him uh, pablo and um you know if i didn't already know it, you know if i didn't know that it was going to be spoiled i mean if i didn't know from being spoiled 
I would have probably assumed he was dying, you know, just by the, the way everything shook out. And one thing I liked in this was I thought it was a great episode for um, for uh, Shadow, too. You know, uh, I, th- I thought um, I really liked I liked his acting in it as well. And, I, you know, in the, the final fight scene was was great. It was very well done, very well choreographed. And, um, you know. Ain't nothing like getting a spear shoved up in you as a way to go out. So, uh, so just so you know, in in the book, uh, Matt Sweeney is basically found by Shadow under said bridge, dead from exposure in the elements. So, <clears throat> at least in uh, some way, he got a little bit of a resurrected story. <clears throat> kind of interesting. What did you think about uh, about Matt Sweeney's? decision at the very end to teleport the spear into the horde. Yeah. That, you know, I think that's something that probably anybody who felt like they was wrong by somebody else would wish that they could do because mm-hmm. the, the, the lead up though, all of this, we knew that that spear, you know, was important. So of course you're left thinking, well, you know, what is Wednesday going to do now? But I almost feel like, you know, good for him, you know, <laughs> just, you know, why not just kind of throw a hiccup, you know, in everything that happens. And this is a true death, right? Because he was killed. Well, he was killed well, by the spear. T- yeah, he was killed by the spear. Is it when we talk about the deaths and what kills gods, you know, what, another god can kill another god. Do you think that that plays into anything with Shadow? Because I think you posed a question last week if Shadow was a god. And I'm wondering, you know. Maybe it's because he was holding the spear, and there's you know, obviously more to his story. But um, good, you know, good for Mad Sweeney, but I think bad for the rest of the series that he's gone. Yeah. Well, I, and uh, okay, so some some interesting, which is one of the reasons I think that this particular season was as interesting as it was. We saw a couple of ways that gods can be resurrected, which is why I used the word earlier. Um, we saw that there are all kinds of sacrifices that people give that <clears throat> strange things happen. Uh, what, uh, uh, oh God. Okay. So now I really, am going to struggle with the character's name. Um, who was our multi eyed, uh, uh, Raven, the, 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 the multi eyed Raven, not the three eyed Raven. Um, <laughs> Who was the character that was connecting all of our technology, um, who had many eyes, uh, and that Laura killed? <laughs> Nobody remembers. <laughs> no. um, it was, uh, he, he's from Greek mythology, Argus. His name is Argus. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, so Argus we know uh, basically uh, Wednesday sets up the whole scenario by all the ways that Argus could probably come back. Uh, We saw media sort of reborn. I don't think we've seen the end of technology boy. I I feel like there's a lot still sort of in limbo, but mad Sweeney, honestly, I feel like in this iteration, we have seen the last of him. I, I don't know about the, the the character itself as having any kind of other substantial power in the story, 
But that just may be because I can't see it beyond the fact that I know that even in the book he dies and it just doesn't, there isn't a whole lot of story bandwidth for him to have now at this point. So I, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that there is a place for him? You broke up a little bit. Just say the last few seconds. Um, uh, do, do you think that there's a place for Mad Sweeney in the story that's that's still left? Like, oh, if they going were forward? going to, yeah. Well, I think that whatever whatever extension of his story that there is is going to have to be played out through Laura Moons. And I just, I feel like there has to be reverberations of what happened in this episode later on. I, but I don't know if, if it's felt in the following episode, or is it going to be something that's going to happen in season three? I hope they follow up and show us, you know, what, what happens out of this, because I, I just have a feeling season three is probably going to be so much different. Like both of these seasons have kind of been different. I think that season three, I have, even less faith that you know what I mean right. that they're going to try to be cohesive. I just I don't I don't know. So I, I hope that something co- is felt from what happened in episode eight. But uh, do you know what the episode eight title is, or has that been dropped? Yeah, yet? Um, it is entitled. Uh, I should know it by heart, but um, it is entitled Moon Shadow. Oh, okay. All right. He- which is uh which is what who calls shadow moon that uh, well, uh Sweeney, right? who uh, was Sweeney. it was it mad sweeney that called him that somebody called him moon shadow i don't think it was matt sweeney but i i do you don't think that it was um a nazi mm. no i don't know no, no. No, he's pretty. He's usually pretty careful to call him Shadow Moon. Huh? I well, don't. Well, I don't well, remember, no, I but somebody you, does. Yeah, and, yeah. and 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 that seems okay. So the 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 well. Anyway, I guess I won't get into that because I don't really. I, number one, you know, in a lot of shows, I feel like I can make all kinds of, uh, you know, predictive ideas and throw them out into the universe and see what sticks because that's what's exciting. And with this show. First, I guess because the source material feels like it deserves a little bit of uh, respect, but secondly, because I feel like this is just not uh, uh, the kind of speculation that I'm able to make because they don't give me enough clues. The the and that and see, honestly, I hate to say it this way because I don't mean to. Say, I swear to God, I don't mean to sound like I'm trying to be some kind of. Uh, elitist critic but when I can't get the story clues out of something I don't know how anybody else can either and I mean I say that with all sincerity I mean I I really really pay attention I take notes I am I'm dedicated to the stories that I watch and when I start not finding the threads to pull to make things make sense or see the visual clues that I need to get the whole of the story together or when they're haphazard and not told in a proper fashion, that's a big warning sign to me. And so I don't even know if I want to make a prediction about what is sort of in store for next week. The only thing I can say is I think that it will be the the, the Tinder that may have been sort of... Uh, kindling a little with 
the 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 death that we saw earliest in the season I think is nothing compared to what we will see at the end of the season because something has to ignite this to the point that they are ready to actually be in battle and I don't see that yet do you guys no, I don't. And do either of you feel like, well, we know the next episode is Moon Shadow. I think it's going to be a Shadow and Laura-centric episode next week. I, I, I definitely hope so. Because, you know, I think that a lot of these characters have been paired up with everybody else under the sun, and they haven't really had an outing yeah. where it was just them two. Right. So at least in the, in the, in the last episode, I hope we get that. And um, as far as um, what goes on in our uh, in the Facebook group, does anybody has anybody kind of floated the idea that you know Laura's gonna just so happen to show up and see Mad Sweeney bleeding and think that there's something there and try to get some of his blood for the potion? Has anybody been saying anything? No, no nobody said that, and I have to say that you know after after what I saw what happened this episode, I didn't even want to float the idea that I had about it because it felt so yeah. just genuinely wrong. <laughs> 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 yeah, I do. And, and um, how did y'all feel about the the literal ending when he was saying, you know, I was once a king? I was like, wait a minute, I've seen this somewhere. This isn't nothing but, you know, hold or without the seizure. <laughs> I go, what the hell is that? But but you know, but you know, you know, okay. So the the I, and and I wish that we had a lot more time to talk about this, but I'm just going to briefly try to uh, develop sort of uh, the 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 concise idea about what was happening here. So I, I feel like what was happening because, and again, I said, go back and watch a prayer for Mad Sweeney first, because it really does give you a lot of contextual clues about what is going on here. And I think that the idea here is it's not just that he's the mad King. I, I, I feel like it's actually Mr. Wednesday that caused him to basically go crazy, first of all. But secondly, that there is something connected Oh, that was the other thing, of course. Mr. Wednesday died, and we saw his head chopped off. So we know that yeah. gods have some kind of strange power. Right? Okay, well, uh, in any event, the, 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 the overall arc that I got out of this last episode was the, for Mad Sweeney that he, di not only didn't he know what story, quote-unquote, was correct, and which reality was his reality. But I don't think we were supposed to know that either. I mean, I, I think that there is that the fiction, it, it was, it came down to what Mr. Ebus said, sitting behind the desk, that it isn't the reality that's important. It's the stories that are around you that matter. And, and I, I, in a strange way, I felt like that was sort of the entire pivot point of the entire episode that this is basically what it's all about you create your own reality by telling your own stories and I, that to me that seemed fairly powerful what did you guys think yeah that, no 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 it's very good uh and, and what a uh, great point uh when it comes to uh what you're talking about um i think that the thing that I know you mentioned earlier in the uh, episode that um, had we had our had had we thought of Mr. Wednesday differently based on what we've seen in this last episode, and I think both of our answers were the same, right? No, that uh, he's pretty much you know been consistent all along. I just feel like the thing that that's different is 
uh, Shadow, it's the way that Shadow sees Mr. Wednesday now is right. the thing that's, that has uh, evolved. Now, uh, um, Yardley made a point to say that probably what's going to end up happening, he's going to just keep following <laughs> Mr. Wednesday almost like a lap dog. Uh, but my hope is at some point, uh, at some point, he is going to evolve. And Mr. Wednesday is going to, I'm sorry, not Mr. Wednesday, but, uh, but Shadow is going to um, change his, you know, I mean, I hope it is not the very end of the show when he finally gets it. But um, he just, you know, at some point, his evolution as a character has to change and, uh, and no longer, you know, keep on this path. Well, spoiler alert uh, to everyone, Matt Sweeney points out in no uncertain terms what is going to happen to Shadow. Uh, and I won't say what it is, but I will say that it is 100% contained in this episode. What is about to happen to Shadow is 100% spoken by Mad Sweeney to Shadow. And that creates the uh, the biggest arc moment in Shadow's character, at least in terms of the book, and I suspect in the, the series as well. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Yardley. Uh, no, I mean, I, I agree with what both of you said. And also one of the reasons why I think that Shadow is also bound to Mr. Wednesday is something that doesn't really have anything to do with the gods or any other worldliness. He's an ex-felon and Mr. Wednesday is paying him. You know, yeah, he just yeah. doesn't have he, yeah so he says stuck. he's got nothing i mean he he says it he he basically says you've got nothing and i agree i do totally agree has, has there been enough stuff this season with laura moon because i think the pairing has of course been laura and mad sweeney but would an episode that's heavy on shadow and laura moon be enough for either of you seeing as we we've gotten so little of those characters all season do you think that they could make up for that absence in the um in the season finale i i feel like the answer is yes if they did it properly but i feel like the answer is no based on what i've seen so far in this transitional series uh, the season for the series it doesn't feel like they have enough power behind what they well I shouldn't say that I, I I guess I'm a little bit torn because there have been episode moments whole episodes that have felt more powerful than the first season but they were told in such disconnected fashion that it's hard to sort of put it all together in the American gods uh story pantheon if you will um because it, it just doesn't feel like they have the the kind of power behind them and so i don't know if telling the laura shadow story would make up for all the lost time that they have basically now kind of given them and also all the time that they've given them they've just given them so much time apart to sort of develop on their own it's hard to see how they come together although you know i i have to say it it doesn't take much in terms of story, dialogue, visual cues, all kinds of stuff to come together and make stuff work with a little bit of story magic. So I, I think it's possible. I just find it improbable. 
Yeah. Is that what you think, Kente? No, yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like um, in this finale, one is I would like to see those two characters get together, uh, or or have more of a time to with each other because we haven't really seen that since the first episode of the season, and that was very short. So right. So. I mean, I guess they could make up for it, and they need to. They really need to, and they have to give us something to be excited about for a third season. So, on that note, uh, I, I'm, I, unfortunately, we're going to run out of time, and we're going to have to go, but I wa- just want to get from both you and Yardley one thing that you want to see in this next episode. I, I, I want to see some clarity about I want pretty much Shadow Moon and Laura to kind of throw the gauntlet down. And I just want to know really what he feels about her. I think we all know that he doesn't really love her, especially based off of, you know, how he found out what happened or whatever. But I want to take it all. I want to take the the blood that she needs for the serum to come back to life. I want them to be able to take it off the table. If it's going to be shadow, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, mm. if, if it's not shadow, who she's going to get the blood from, it, it's going to, I have to lean towards my little theory of once she loves herself, she can apply her own blood to it. But I really do want there to be some definition you know, just something that's showing where their relationship is. Cause it doesn't really feel like they have had any, type of relationship since she's been undead so for me i just need a great episode with those two i want to figure out everything that's going on with them feelings wise because at least that'll make it a little bit more clear um going into season three outside of that i I don't even know i mean honestly do y'all think that we'll even get any mr nancy any any of those people or, or do you think they're gonna pretty much just kind of shoehorn and um you know go straight ahead with shadow only. I I don't know. I think, I, 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 I feel get, like I don't have a prediction. I think we're gonna get <laughs> Bill Quiz, uh, Mr. Nancy. We're gonna get. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, how do you say his name? The uh, the dead the uh, the coroner, Mr. Ebus. Mr. Ebus, and uh, probably well, of course, Mr. World. We're gonna get Mr. World as well. Oh yeah, and new media. I I feel like that that. I feel like that's definitely got to be part of the next episode. We got to figure out where the new gods are. Right. <laughs> it's so funny. Media is a character that grew on me and grew off me just as quickly. Like, I don't even <laughs> like the character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> but, so uh, bless her heart. I hope they, I hope they, they have to do more with her, but are y'all, I mean, well, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for the last episode. I just think that they really have to, give us more information on the character that's allegedly the lead of the show, which is Shadow. But I mean, for me, this show's all about um, Mr. Wednesday, to be honest with you. The the television yeah. show in the second season is definitely all about Mr. Wednesday. Right. Yeah. That, I, I agree. It's all about how does, how does everybody see Mr. Wednesday? Although Shadow had some pretty good character arc moments, so I, I'll, I'll give him that for sure. Well, maybe maybe for next week, I just throw it out there. Maybe for next week, what we can do is uh, have just a, a little bit of extra time and we can really sort of decompress where things have come 
And based on what we get out of the season finale, where we think things are going and, you know, kind of put together a bit of a, uh, a list for what we would like to see, what we wish we had seen, you know, that kind of stuff for our next season. So I hope that that becomes a reality. If not, then uh, I'll have to, I'll have to just be bugging other people about it. And y'all don't want that. I know you don't. The, no. the people around me really appreciate the fact that I podcast because it means I'm not talking to them about it. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, so tell, uh, tell us how we can get you on social media. Uh, Kente. You can get me at Kente F on Twitter and the, uh, and then you can also go to the website, indyradio.org, I N D Y radio.org. And Yardley, how can people find you in and across the internet? You can follow me on Twitter at militant underscore marker. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at following bliss one, or you can hop over to my websites at uh, moviesmakethemeal.com or critical laughs.com. So until next time, I will bid you all aloha. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for firehouse subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome Five Cheese Mac and Cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome Five Cheese Mac and Cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.